Because Nobody Told Me, the 98FM Parenting Podcast with Lauren and Serena. 98. Hey, you're listening to another episode of Nobody Told Me with me, Serena, and Lauren. Lauren. How's it going? What are you kicking about? I'm cracking up at you because you can act, I can hear the stress in your voice and I wish people could see you because you can see it in your body language. You are so pissed off. So we were going to start with a little like, how are you doing this week? How's things for you? So let's start with you. What's going on? Oh, I'm just a little bit stressed. I know it's not all about me, but it's um, communion season. And oh. I found this really tough. I've got a daughter who's in second class. Right. And I found this whole year. Like I don't, I'm not a stress, stress head. I don't... Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm usually quite laid back about stuff and chilled about stuff. Yeah. And this is the first time I've sort of just gone, wow, I'm feeling a bit on edge. And going into communion year has been really stressful for me. Um, I, I Sorry. <laughs> Good timing. My baby's just choking. Okay? Sorry. We're, I'm just feeding him. So I hope. <laughs> oh, that was a bit dramatic. You right there? Okay, and okay, back to you, Serena. He's as stressed as I am. Oh, look, I, <laughs> I can't even verbalise what I'm feeling, but I've been so anxious about it because I suppose communion, I grew up Catholic, I made my communion, I know it's a big deal here, the whole communion thing. Okay. But I've sort of, my beliefs aren't sort of in line with the church anymore and, and everything that communion stands for sort of irks me a bit, you know, the little girls in the little white dresses. and It's a tough one for anyone, I think, like... Yeah, like for me, I suppose I'm at that like christening stage and like I want to christen him, but I have friends who aren't christening their baby. And I think, yeah, people are just really starting to question the Catholic Church and like, you know, if they're being hypocritical or not by getting involved in these kind of things. So look, it's a minefield. Are, yeah. She's doing it though, is she? She's Well, so the thing is, I I was all for her not doing it, but I suppose with this, the system here, the school system, where, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're letting rippers out. <laughs> That was a satisfying feed, wasn't it? That was a satisfying feed. (laughs) No. But I suppose the school system here and the way it's set up where, you know, 90% of the schools are the state schools, are the Catholic schools. And we tried to get it into a non-denominational school and it just wasn't possible. So a lot of people, when I've spoken about this, have said, stop being so hypocritical and just don't get her to do it. But I'm sorry. Easier said than done. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when... Most of second class, and I know there's a lot of other things going on, but when most of second class is about communion, it's very hard to say to your daughter, especially when your daughter's the one who says, Mum, I want to do it. Oh, so she she wants. She's oh, into it. She wants to do I've it. I've asked her why, and, it's, and the answer is because all my friends are doing it. And when mm. I said, I actually said this one day, and I was attacked and told I should be a parent, and I should stand up and go, you don't just do something because all your friends are doing it. And that's how we usually She's do parent. She's eight. But, but the thing is, we usually do parent like that. But when... The curriculum is so heavily based on communion, you know, and she doesn't want to feel left out. Anyway, I, I don't think you, I'd like, listen, I don't have an eight-year-old. I don't know. But I, I think it would be hard to say to an eight-year-old, like, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? She probably would. Yeah. And the thing is, we usually say that, though, and for other stuff. But, like, this is stuff that she's going to be a part of. She is actually being excluded from stuff. Oh, yeah. You no, know, I do I do get it stuff, yeah. So, look, if she'd made the choice, it'd be fine. But look, at the end of the day, I've been talking to my friends about it and they said, you know, you need to stop making it less, you need to stop making it about you and make it about her. And I'm trying to, but it's really hard. Like, we had... She's the, coming home singing all the songs and everything and, like, praying. Yeah. 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 And she, like, we've tried to go... Because um, I did raise the point when we had the parent meeting saying, I don't like the fact that the little girls are all dressed in white and I keep getting thrown in my face, but it's tradition. But to me, it's a very sexist tradition. The girls have to be white and virginal and the boys can wear whatever 
they want. Okay. And that for me is really tough. You know, you have to be subservient and do whatever. So I'm having an issue with that. And then when she dressed all in white, we, you know, we've got coloured shoes and so you're she, getting. Yeah, I can imagine like Serena stamps yeah. on this outfit. Yeah, and, and I mean, she's so excited about the coloured shoes, and she has a white dress. But she put it on yesterday, and she went, "Oh, I love it!" And I went, "I'm so happy you're happy." She goes, "I feel like a bride," and I vomited a bit in my mouth. Did you not feel a bit like a bride when you were making your Holy Communion, oh, though? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. But that's like, that's, anyway. So I spoke to one of my mates, her godfather, who turned around and said, do you know what? Just make it a day of dress up. That's what she's doing. She's having fun yeah. with her friends. So, look, it's, there was a really good tweet, though, um, during the week. Oh, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was a mother who tweeted her experience, uh, her Herself and her partner decided, at, with the ch- the two children, not to make their communion. And she said it was really tough on the kids because it's so heavily involved in the school curriculum. Yeah. They missed out on a lot. And that yeah. for her was really tough to watch her kids go through. So it's not black and white. You know, Is the school thing changing though? Aren't they going to make it now like you don't have to be a certain denomination or you don't like, it, it is, will get easier? It, it is changing, but at the end of the day, it, it won't fully change until the sacraments are actually pulled out of the classroom. And there's going to be people who don't want that. You know, there's going to be people who are like, no, I want my kid to make their holy And communion. that is totally fine, but that's where I think, like, we're getting into a totally different topic here, but I really do think we need more non-denominational schools, more Educate Together schools, so then you can choose to send your kids to those schools, and then if you choose to send your kids to the Catholic schools, because, I mean, I went to a Catholic school growing up, and we had a couple of Greek kids in there who were Orthodox, but their parents chose to send the kids. What do you do if you're Greek Orthodox? What do they have? I love with the... I, my mum's Greek Orthodox, and I said to her, I wish, I wish we'd been Orthodox, because they literally, at the age of about two or three they have their baptism and that covers everything you ticks all the boxes yeah you can have your communion as soon as you're two like as soon as you've had your baptism you can start taking communion so you are done Right, yeah, it's not the big hoopla. Yeah, but anyway, look, you know what? Even just talking about that, and I, this is why this, better. Yeah, this is why this podcast is so great. I, I know I made no sense whatsoever, but you sometimes do make just sense, and I think there's people that are going to feel exactly like you. I mean. You know, doing the talk show for years, people, we t- always talk about the, the Holy Communion every year and people would say, just say no to your kids. Like you said, people said to you, some people would be like, just let them make it, but then I feel like I'm being a hypocrite or my mates say I'm being a hypocrite. I'm sure there are loads of parents out there exactly the same as you going, I don't agree with it, but my kid wants to do it, we're doing it. And that's the reason. You know, I don't think the Pope is going to look you up <laughs> and call over to your house and give out to you over. It doesn't make you bad people no. that you're letting your child make your holy, her Holy Communion because she wants to. Yeah. Well, look, the way my husband says it as well is I'm not, um, I'm not religious, but I believe, I, I have faith, right? So this I'm is spir- going to be a very deep podcast. <laughs> but look, he, he did turn around and say, for him, the reason why he had no qualms about her making her communion is for him, he was like, well, let's give her all her sacraments. And when she gets older... She can, decide she can decide what she wants to do. So, look, that's coming up. I'm dealing with that and we'll just have a lovely day. We're going for pizza afterwards. I'm just really looking forward to pizza afterwards. Do you know what? And that's what she's going to remember. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Like, communion was a big deal when I made mine. And I do remember it. I couldn't tell you anything about mass. I could tell you my dress down to a T and we went bowling. <laughs> you know? So, like, people have been taking the mick all along. Like, yeah. I don't think our parents were really into our sacraments either. So, like... Don't put yourself under too much pressure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel better now, but it's not all about me. (laughs) How has your week been? Good. We got out minus baby (gasps) on a date. Yeah, the two of us. Uh, How long? How old's baby now? 
how does he? He'll be he'll be four months on the fourteenth. So what was that like? The first night out without baby? It was grand, but you know, we so we went to Dundrum. Yeah, and we were going to go see Avengers, and then I was like, you know what? There's no signal in the cinema, and it's three hours yeah. long. I was like, it's just a bit too big of a window. But actually, the day went well. I think sometimes, like today is a bit like this now as well. I have to go out later on for an appointment to get my eyelashes done. So excited. Um, And I'm a bit like, right, if you overthink it, he's not going to play ball. So just go with it and see what happens. And we kind of treated that day like I built up to. I fed him loads during the day because I'm still just breastfeeding myself. Yeah. I haven't, he hasn't, I've expressed loads of excess into bottles but he hasn't taken any of them okay. yet. And I'm, just, I'm like, I can't be there. It's going to have to be one of these times. So I keep booking things like dinner the other night, like my lashes today, in hope that my brother-in-law's girlfriend gets a bottle into him because I, I kind of have put my faith in her that she's going to get a, the first kind of bottle into him. If he doesn't, he doesn't. If he screams the house down, we just have to start leaving him for longer yeah. than that window, you know? It is, look, it is tough when you are breastfeeding. This is something that um, a lot of people don't talk about, the whole breastfeeding experience. And I, for me, like everyone is like, oh my God, it is amazing and blah, blah, blah. For me, I felt like I had a ball and chain around my neck yeah. because even when I did, and building up is great, but it's like you said, if they don't take the bottle, what do you do? Um, and it was, sometimes I'd make appointments and I'd go, okay, well, I have to be back within the next two hours to feed baby or baby would come with me. So it is tough. It's what I was really worried about, okay? And yeah, let's go off on this little side note for a second because I do, it is something that I feel like I have been afraid to say out loud. And I know you said to me, don't be afraid to say that like when things are good. I've really enjoyed breastfeeding and That's I was brilliant. so apprehensive and I was like, this is going to be, like you said, a ball and chain. I'm never going to be able to go anywhere. It's going to be so demanding. It's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to have him latched on me all the time. He's a really efficient feeder. He's on, he's off, happy days, we're out of there. And I've really enjoyed it and I haven't felt confined. So many people, family included, have been like, have you not got him to take a bottle yet? Like, this is going to be a nightmare down the line. I don't have anywhere to be. It's my eyelashes. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's grand. Or if he, as you said, if he cries the house down, he's going to be okay. I'm not there, so I won't hear it. Exactly. And is it half an hour, 45 minutes? And I said that, I said that um, to my sister-in-law. I was like, if he's going to scream, I kind of trust that you won't panic. Yep. You know, and... Like they minded him the other night. So we went for dinner. It was great. I said to my husband, got to Dundrum and I was like, do you know, I don't feel guilty or weird leaving him. Could. And he went, who? <laughs> and I went, that right there is the difference between men and women. Oh my God, I love Because all along he's been able to leave the house like anytime he wants. Who? Who? I went, um, our son. Did he go the dog? Yeah. Is, is, is yeah. Hercules yeah. okay? <laughs> So I was like, okay, uh, that's where we're at. But no, it was really nice and I was fine. And I think, you know, it's going to kind of tie into what we want to talk about today, but support and the people around you. And if you have people that you can leave your child with and know they won't cry themselves to death and they're not going to starve, they'll be fine. And also trust that if they are getting anxious, that they do pick up the phone and go, do you know what? Your son isn't actually right at the moment. Can you please come home? But it's not a panicked one as well because sometimes it's horrible when you do go out and you go, okay, so I just got called back because there was a bit of wind. Yeah. You know, so you have to to be fair. Wind does sound like they're being murdered sometimes. Like, oh, it's the one thing that really, really sets him off. Um, So, yeah, we got out. It was really nice. Went to Siam Thai in Dundrum. Love that place. So good. Yeah. So, so good. Really nice meal. Glass of wine. 
really really enjoyed it home grand not a bother he was asleep the whole time we were gone I fed him just before we left which again is my plan for later today and this is the thing is that like I feel sometimes like I can't say he's a really good baby and like like, sorry I need to correct that because my friend said to me the other day she was like it drives me mad when people ask is your baby good she's like all babies are good yeah what I mean is, like, he's not a fussy baby. He's not um, he's a, overly anxious. He's quite a relaxed baby. And I do. I sometimes feel like I can't tell people that. But, Lauren, you need to tell us that. Because, you know, when uh, my my second child, I'm sorry, he was a nightmare. It was so tough. And I would have people who were in your situation going, I'm sorry. And like, no, please tell me. Because I, I think this is the thing. You cannot judge yourself with other people, yeah. right? You are doing what you are doing in your situation and no one understands your situation except you and whoever's living it with you. But you need to hear those stories because you go, so it can get better. Yeah. Not because what am I doing wrong, but yeah. it does get better. And don't get me wrong, like, there's been moments, like obviously, like, but I think someone had said this to me early days, you do forget, like you forget certain things. No. Um, <laughs> you forget... You know, like, he'll have an absolute meltdown. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, God, this is horrendous. And half an hour later, when it's over, I'm like, that was nothing. That was, like, that was wind and it's gone now. Yeah. And there is, like, so, like, on the way in here in the car, like, he was going apeshit for the last 10 minutes of the journey. I was like, I can't pull in anywhere, so we're just going to have to deal with this. And I think, I don't know. Like, some days it gets to me and some days it doesn't. So I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm just trying to take it as it comes. And I think that is kind of bouncing off him a bit that, you know, some days are distressing and some days aren't. But in general, he's pretty chill. Yeah, no, he is good. I mean, he's sitting here now and he's just giving us like smiles. He's just fed and, and yeah. he's just sitting here kind of eating my hand a bit. Um, Like, and don't get me wrong, like, it's not like he, like, I hate when people go, oh, does he never cry? I'm like, of course he cries. Course he's he baby. Does. yes. And like my friend said, and she made such a good point. She's like, it drives me mad when people go, is your baby a good baby? She's like, they're all good. They're not a bad <laughs> baby if they have their moments or they don't settle. Some are really bad, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. I feel, I think I answer the original question no, was how things are. We got out for a date night. It was so lovely. Please, God, I get my eyelashes done today and I'll be absolutely made up. That'll be great. But I think this whole thing about like, oh, you're not getting him to take a bottle yet. If he doesn't, he doesn't. If I don't get the eyelashes done, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. Or if I get one eye done, I'll cope. I'll get a pair of Sosumi ones for the other eye. Like, <laughs> You'll be fine. I'll be grand. You'll be fine. <laughs> and do you know what? That, all in all, not a bad week. We, we, we managed to get through it. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nobody told me with Lauren and Serena. So during the week, I came across an article online and the title was Scary. We are torturing new mothers and then wondering why they get mentally ill. And what this whole article was about was basically sleep deprivation and how torturous it can be and then how we expect new mums and... Yeah, do you know what? I always try and make this balance, but it's not. Nine times out of ten, it is new mums because you are left at home with the baby while your partner goes off and works, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, they're, they're sleep deprived and yet we m- expect the the mum to go on about life like nothing has changed. Yeah. And it's not until you actually um, experience sleep deprivation do you finally understand why it is used as a form of torture. Someone said this to me recently who um, was sleep deprived as a result of um, stress, like not not having a baby, yeah. just like work related stress. And I thought, God, and I saw the effect it had on them. And I was like, Jesus, that's horrific. 
again, I've been really lucky. I've slept quite well um, since having the baby. Like, obviously, in the beginning, the first six weeks, they it is a haze now. Like, I was just waking and falling back asleep, yeah. not knowing if he'd fed where he was. Obviously, like, he was in my arms or in the crib or whatever. But I remember saying it to the public health nurse, and she was like, trust me, you're way more awake than you think you are. Everyone has that panic. But I'm kind of on tender hooks at the moment because I'm coming into month four and apparently that's when shit hits the fan in terms of sleep and sleep regression. So I've been kind of waiting to see what happens. Do you know what? Don't, don't, I don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. So this is why, one, because I'm lazy and two, I didn't read any of the books. I didn't want to know about milestones. Or what to I, expect. No, yeah. I just, because I wanted, <laughs> oh, is that you farting again? <laughs> There's no wind problem with you, is there? <laughs> but I um, I just, I didn't want to go by what the book's time. I knew I'd stress out if the kid yes. hadn't reached that milestone. So what I was doing was just looking at the child. And if, you know, if they're supposed to cr- roll over, let's say, at five months, and they did it, and I know five months is far too long, but, you know, if it took them to five months to roll over. Yeah, I'm I didn't a bit like ca- that. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. I, but I didn't mind because, you know what, for my child, that was the time for them to roll over. They weren't going to be the stock standard book because the child in the book is a stock standard child, yes. right? We're not going by your child and reading your child and what they're doing. But, look, the sleep deprivation is You're really looking at me like you suffered it, so you tell Lauren, me about it. it was so bad. For the first one, it wasn't bad. It's, it's like you said, that first six weeks. Do you think this is my fear, right? What? That the first baby is so sound and leads you into this like false sense of security. They're like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to have another one. And it's the next one is a dickhead. Not... Well, in my case, yes. Yeah, right? that's but, what I'm afraid of. <laughs> but not, not in everyone's case. So, like, with the first baby, by five weeks, we just went... <laughs> What's everybody going on about? This is amazing. After five weeks, she slept and she was breastfed and she was sleeping through the night. Okay. But then it got to the seven month mark and we went, oh, this is what it's about. Okay. It does get harder. Like like he's more demanding now, obviously, than he was in the beginning. And I think that's something that surprises people. It's definitely caught my husband off a bit off guard a bit that he's like what's the story he's not sleeping all the time I'm like well he's not a newborn anymore like he's demanding and he needs to be entertained and I think yeah like that's why I'm like yeah my baby's great but I'm prepared for anything now but I think just enjoy the moment that you're in because when you if things they may not change but things may change and you go why didn't I enjoy that bliss back then so did you just have like horrific long nights of just being awake and a baby screaming. Lauren, the first 11 weeks of his... Like, even just thinking about it now, I don't know how I got through it. The first 11 weeks of his life, um, he basically didn't sleep unless he was in my arms and I slept sitting up in my bed and I kicked my husband out into the other room because it was just like, why... Both of us. Can, can we talk about this? Because this is how this is what we do. Is my husband moved downstairs? He's only re- recently moved back up. Yeah. Because the nights are a bit easier now. Like he's waking kind of once, sometimes twice. Um, that I don't understand the point of the two of you being up. Well, sometimes it can just be like I remember with my first one, and I suppose the first two weeks that both of us were up. It was when my husband went back to work. I just went. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I mean. Um, but sometimes it's. God, even thinking about it sometimes makes me want to cry. The loneliness. Yeah. It is just you and a screaming baby. So to have him there to be like, Serena, we're going to get through this. Yeah. And it was just, and it was horrific. Like when I say horrific, the first 11 weeks of his life was horrific. I would be lucky to be getting an hour's sleep um, like between. Did he sleep during the day? No, he wasn't a napper. He was always attached to me. He was, and then it was so funny at 11 weeks, 
He still didn't sleep great, but he started to sleep because he was... See, he'd only sleep when he was on my chest, right? He didn't like sleeping on his back. So the minute he was able to turn... Because you have to sleep them on their back for safety, right? The minute he was able to roll over was the minute he started sleeping in his cot. Okay. Because he was comfortable doing that. But I got to the point where I was sleep deprived for almost two years. I'm used to not sleeping, right? My whole life I've sort of... This isn't a brag thing, but, you know, I'd sleep three or four hours, go out partying, then go to work. I'd be fine. The difference is when you're sleep deprived and then have to look after someone else that's not you. Yeah. That's tough. I, I've i always had alopecia. It comes and goes. I had it since I was five. And it comes and goes. And it, it comes and goes when I'm stressed. And I remember when I got pregnant the first time, I was really worried that it was going to come back as, you know, my body was taking on so much stress building another human being. Was my hair going to start falling out? It was fine. Um... With this one, though, I probably at about the six months mark, the alopecia came back. And then... And I'm sure that just causes more stress. Well, I was almost complete. I I was one of the lucky ones because I was almost completely bald under my hair. So that like that lower half of your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely bald because my hair had just fallen out because I was getting no sleep. What did you do? I just kept going. Yeah. You just kept going. And I didn't stress about the alopecia because, I, as I said, I was one of the lucky ones. My hair was covering the um, the bald spots. But, you know, when I was out and it was a windy day, the hair would separate and you'd see all like the Like a Marilyn Monroe yeah. skirt, your hair <laughs> lift up. <laughs> totally. What, like, now that they're getting older, like kids, I think people presume that the babies get to a certain age and then they start sleeping. But, like, kids can get up and come into your room. But, see, I quite like that. So he... He has started sleeping. Okay. And now he goes to sleep in his bed. So my husband and I get time to ourselves and Which we have so the bed. Important. Exactly. And and that was the thing as well, because he wasn't going down until about eleven o'clock at night. And everyone says, Well, get you know, get the sleep expert in and whatever. And that is great. But we are not a house of routine. And I know kids need routine, but our house can't work on routine given the jobs we have. Right. So it was really hard to you know, again, it's not one one size fits all. And sometimes when you read this stuff, it's one size fits all and they don't take external matters into yes. consideration. But anyway, now from about, he's three now, from about two and a half, he started sleeping at night. But he now gets out of his bed, pillow under his arm and comes into us in the middle of the night, about three, four. This morning was good. This morning was half six. He came in with his pillow and he just pops himself in his bed, in our bed. I don't mind because I'm getting sleep and the bed's big enough. So, you know. You don't care. Yeah. See, I like your point about the whole one size thing because we didn't have any leave, you know, like my husband works for himself. Yeah. So we had no leave. So from the get-go, the first couple of nights, he stayed in the bed and I remember just going, there's nothing you can do so go downstairs because you've got to go and run two businesses tomorrow. Yep. And that's kind of been my attitude. But again, I suppose it's probably easy for me to say that considering he was sleeping well and he's still the same. Like he wakes up, he feeds, he goes back to sleep. And actually it got easier because I didn't have him and Alex in the bed with me. Yep. I could just feed him and he can just sleep beside me. Yeah. Now he's back upstairs and it's grand, you know, and he actually kind of likes it. He's like, we go to bed early, we get up early. But in the beginning, you know, it just, it worked for us. I I just, I didn't see the point. But I also have to mention at this point, and we will talk about her again, we had a postpartum doula. What is, I I wish I had known about this when I gave birth. She's an angel. What is it? Okay. So I did yoga when I was pregnant and my yoga teacher mentioned someone in the class was saying that her mum was moving up close to her due date and that her mum was moving in and it was going to be great and all this. 
And Lara, my amazing yoga teacher, kind of looked around the room and I think she could see a few faces nodding and then a few faces not nodding. And she said, you know, not everyone has their mum and not everyone has that relationship with their mum. So I lost my mum nearly eight years ago and that was something I was really worried about having a baby. I was like, how am I going to do this without my mum? Now, I'm lucky. I've so many great women in my life. My dad's partner is the most amazing woman with all her own grandkids. And she was a nurse. So I would just like hit the jackpot with her. <laughs> but I wanted them to enjoy the experience. I wanted not to be, you know, relying on family. So in this yoga class, Lara mentioned postpartum doulas. And there's this great group of women, community doulas out where I live in Bray. So she gave me their numbers and Sandy was the first one I rang, Sandy Connolly. And we had a chat and I said, look, this is something that we're willing to budget for. Is it expensive? Because a lot of people are going to go, is this yeah, like we, Yeah, okay. we, we didn't get a budget. lot of stuff that maybe okay. people might get the minute you have a baby. We were like, we'll worry about that down the okay. line. Um, so what did she work out at about? Oh, I'd have to double check with her again. And, you know, their rates it might changes. vary. Yeah, changes. We're talking in around 30 euro an hour. Okay. Okay. She did four hour stints and she can do the morning or she can do the evenings. What we opted for was we took six weeks. The first week she came to us four mornings. Then I think she did four mornings the second week. Then over time she did three mornings, then two mornings. Then the last week she just did one morning. So she would come in um, around kind of the half nine, ten o'clock mark. And I'd be just kind of surfacing, getting myself together. Now, I'm an early riser. No matter how we'd slept the night before, I was kind of up yeah. and about. We'd have a coffee. We'd talk about the night before or the day before and different things. That's amazing in itself, Lauren. The just talking. to have that. Yeah. The first day she was with us, we just sat in the bed, the two of us and the baby. And I told her all about the birth and the delivery and, all, and how I was feeling. We laughed. We cried. We kind of... But we'd met her a few times. You have to kind of gel okay. with your with So your meet doula. before meet you're before. And she has to make stage. sure she likes us. Yeah. And like you mentioned our dog. She, she wasn't really a dog person. So yeah. she had to kind of get to know our dog. They end up being best pals. <laughs> but sorry, I'm going off on such a tangent about the postpartum doula. But that is another thing I have to take... Um, into consideration with my sleep patterns and everything is that I had the chance when Sandy would come over if he was sleeping she'd pop him in a sling on her and I'd go to bed for an hour or I'd have a shower I became obsessed with showers after I had the baby I remember one of the midwives in the coom said to me every time you need to wee hop in the shower if you can get in the shower just in those first few days when it's still kind of stingy so I started doing that and then when I had him at home anyone that came over to the house I was like I'm going to have a shower and a shower and a bit of a moisturise was like my kind of self-care thing yep I know not everyone gets to do that. But if you can, if you don't have support or maybe you're missing your mum, it's that one voice that you'll listen to because everyone's yep. going to fucking tell you what to do. Yep. Your mum's the one person you're going to listen to. Or the one person who's going to listen to you. And that's what a postpartum doula was for me. The confidence she gave me was amazing. I'm very lucky that we could have her in our home. But I swear to God, if you have a chance to get one, it's just incredible. But see, as I said, I had no idea these existed and they're not cheap and rightly so because what they have is a skill right so I'm not querying that but it's if you know this you factor it into your budget in advance I think the fact and if people are saying what can we get you this is an amazing present. You yes, know, you chip go, in hey, your mates. Yeah. Especially for someone maybe like you, like yeah. you're here from Australia, you yeah. don't have your immediate family. I lost my mum. You know, your mum might be down in the country. You might have, you know, brothers and sisters with kids their own and your mum minds their kids. Or you just don't have people yeah. living around you. We're actually going to do an episode I think on so. this because yeah. it, it is hard, I think. I'm probably, after not explaining it as well no, as Sandy could, no, so it would be great pretty, to have her on. And, and I also think um, doing an episode 
of, you know, you being without your mum or your the supporter that you need the most, yeah. you know, because that, that can be that can be tough, yeah. you know. Um, I, I was on Instagram and I saw a really good quote. This seems to be shared a lot uh, and, uh, and it really hit home. And the quote was, everyone wants to hold the baby, but who wants to hold the mum? Aww. And we, we do, and that's why I think this doula is amazing. I think she actually shared it. I think Sandy shared it on the community doula's page. Definitely check them out on Instagram. Um, but so true. Like everyone's all about the baby. And to be fair, every day Sandy came into our house over that six weeks, she'd say, how are you? And I'd be like, yeah, he had a great night. She goes, yeah. no, how are you? Yeah. And I actually, I mentioned, I've mentioned the coom a few times. I know we have incredible maternity hospitals in this country, but it was one of the things I really liked about the coom. From my first visit there, the midwife that I met on day one said to me, you're our priority. When baby gets here, baby will be number one patient, but you're our priority. You're the mum. You are our patient. Yeah. And I just thought that was so important as well. I think so. And I yeah. think it's something that we lose grip of. Um because it's not just, look, the newborn stage, you so need everyone around. But they, they grow up and yeah. there's different phases. Sounds like that, you needed a community doula this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I could use a community doula all the time. I but just this think, is it. It's like, yeah. I think, yeah, you're, you become all about the kids. I'm, I read one of your posts that you wrote, was it when you were going back to work? After having Liam, that yeah. you were like, I'm still Serena. Yeah. And I still want to talk shit about the Kardashians. Exactly. And and that's the thing. Like, and sometimes we lose focus. It does become all about the kids. So we need to make sure that it is about it. And you know, you if there are mums in your life and dads in your lives, check in with them. Make sure they're okay. Past the newborn stage. Because I think everyone really is there during the newborn stage. Because yeah. you know, especially when it's your first, it's still as stressful when it's your second. But when it's your first, it's like a shock to the system. Your system has regardless. Regardless of whether you're getting sleep or whatever, you have never experienced what you were experiencing right now. Yeah. So everyone's so like, true. most people are great and the support is there, but the support needs to be ongoing. I mean, I talked to a friend of mine yesterday and she was like, I thought the baby years were tough. I have an 18 year old and it is so hard. So it doesn't, yes, it gets easier and there's lovely bits, but we have to remember that this is a journey. It doesn't just stop at, oh, look, he's six weeks old. You're fine. You made it. Yeah. No, we all need to be there. I did feel at four weeks that people were like, you're grand, you're flying at your, didn't you have your doula and you're sleeping well, you're fine. I sat in my car and cried yesterday. I had the two dogs. So we have our dog and then my brother-in-law's dog comes over from time to time. So you took on another one. Yeah, no, she's great. The two dogs occupy each other and we decided to go to the beach. Crying baby, really badly behaved dog. Now, I know I'm the bigger Egypt for thinking I could do it, but you do, you try and do yeah. everything. Because I like to kind of go, well, I'm going to try it. Yeah. I'm not going to just decide I can't do that. I'm going to try it. And if exactly. I end up crying in the car, shouting at the dogs, you know, and calling them all assholes, baby included... Um, you know, I love I just that you need admit to know. that because we all do that like yeah. you know and yeah go yeah. on sorry go on to- but I do, I do like obviously I love him I don't think he's an asshole but right in that moment he I was, was like can you all just stop Yeah, you know and I think people just presume sometimes you're grand you're flying it do you think that's partly our fault and yeah. I hate I hate yeah. to put more blame on us right but I am not <laughs> I'm not Mother Teresa here right but I am so good at offering other people help I'm so good at go- oh my god I really do something look how amazing I am but I'm so good at going hey Lauren what do you need me to do for you do you you want me to take your baby do you want me to do this or whatever I am so bad at asking for help because I don't want to put other people out yet I know that that's not what they're thinking so are we trying to do everything and saying when someone asks us how we're doing we're just going yeah we're grand and not 
So then, and then we're going, why don't we have the support? Because we've just told everyone we don't need any support. I definitely think as well, if you're the kind of person that if you're used to being able to cover all bases yep. and then you have a baby and children, you can't cover those bases. You can't juggle all those balls all the time. Yeah. And if you want to, you're going to have to ask for help at some point. Well, it's re- not admitting failure. It's just admitting you need help. Exactly. There was, um, oh, look, my husband does a lot of traveling with his job. And when that happens, I'm j- and maybe that's why I lost my hair as well <laughs> at that time. Like there was a lot going on. But he does a lot of traveling with his job. So, you know, trying to juggle him being away, me looking after the kids, me also juggling my own work. I have to put my hand up and say I could not do what I do without the amazing crèche or as you guys say, Krish. I do call it Krish. Krish. Is I that feel, how we're meant to pronounce it? No, I just think I feel too posh saying Krish. So anyway, Krish. I got a Krish. Um, <laughs> I, I have amazing um, Krish that I send my kids to, right? So I couldn't do it without them. But I realised one day, I, I, when I go to work, like everyone knows I have kids, but it really hurt when I realised that I, my kids are my dirty little secret. And they're not a dirty little secret. Work couldn't be more supportive, but I don't let them in. And there was one day I was doing something in Island AM and I'd already committed to it and then they changed the date and I felt bad not committing, like having to cancel. So anyway, I emailed the producer and I said, listen, um, I can't because I've got no one to mind my kids, so I'm not going to be able to do it. The producer was amazing. I thought she was going to go, okay, well, that's fine. We'll just get someone else. She went, well, I'm here. Give me your kids. You are on air. For, now, it's not like I'm not on for three hours. You are on air for 10 minutes. You bring them in and I will mind those kids. And I was just like, oh, my God. Did you feel weird doing it? Um, no, because she made me feel so comfortable. Yeah. I felt I probably would have felt bad asking. Now, you can't do that all the time either. You can't go, hi, I'm back in again. Can you mind my kids today? Like you have to find another alternative. Yes. But when shit does hit the fan... We need to let other people be in and not try and pretend like we have it all together. And even when I walked in with the kids and, you know, she was six at the time and she was so excited. The six-year-old was in the makeup chair looking at herself. The makeup artists were amazing with them. Like everyone who came in was amazing. We're not saying that the world has to change for us because we're parents. But what we're saying is that sometimes we need to let the world in because we are parents and we need the help. So, But like think how fine you are with me having him here while we're recording. And all along, like for every episode he's been in the studio with us so far now the first episode I found it a bit weird and I was like oh god it's going to be really annoying for people listening hearing a baby and if you do think it's annoying I'm really sorry but at the same time I can't expect someone outside to take him but if someone offered I'd be like happy days now I'm not giving out that no one like people have offered but I had to feed him today so I was like no it's grand we'll take him in well I brought my three year old in and he was fine until he got to three there was an interview that I had to do Right. So I brought him in and I told everyone and I prepped everyone going, look, is it okay? Because there's some days where it's inappropriate to have your kid in work. But I think it has to be a two way street. You also need to let everyone else know. So I let everyone know that, no, look, it's fine. It's fine. And I left him out with a couple of people and he just, I I was in studio. The studio is probably 100 metres away from the desks. Mm -hmm. I could hear him screaming through my cans. And I just went, what am I going to do? I have to name check and name drop here. It was with Lewis Capaldi. He was amazing. He was like, go out and get him. I went out and I got him. I brought him in. And then he started screaming some more. So much so that the people outside could hear what was going on. And one of my co-workers, John Beryl and Ali, you guys were amazing. I walked out and John just looked at me and went, give me that baby. 
He took the baby, who was screaming, brought him to a soundproof studio with Ali. Soundproof studio. Brilliant. Brilliant. Him and Alison Healy were both looking after the baby and I was able to do my job. And it was just like, wow. Now, as I said, you can't expect that all the time. No, but but it's okay. And don't feel guilty for that. Because again, trying to do it all. Like trying to have a time so that your kid's asleep when you get to work. No, no. But the thing is, people do really care for you. Like, John didn't say anything to me. He literally made eye contact and grabbed the baby from me. Yeah. And I just went, I'm not baby three-year-old, but, you All know. All the feel-goods today. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love so, it. But look, um, I just, I don't know. I suppose we just need to learn how to talk more, yeah, and just be there for each other and stop comparing. Do not yes. compare yourself. I think a lot of the pressure, as you were saying, like, it's not, we're not blaming, but I think we can put it on ourselves. I certainly yep. put it on myself something doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And it, like today, I'm like, listen, if I don't get my eyelashes done today, yeah. it doesn't matter. But tomorrow... Tomorrow, I could be like, I fucking need those eyelashes. Yeah. yeah, Like, they're the only thing in the world I need right now. And to be fair to my husband, a couple of times, he's been like, if you what, if you need if you need it, you need to tell me. Yeah. You know, like, d- sometimes, you know, sometimes men need things spelled out for them. Did I say that diplomatically enough? You did. Uh, he's like, yeah, no, if you, if you need it, you need yeah. it, you know. And yeah. obviously... I can live without eyelashes, but it would no, but, be so much better if I had them. But Lauren, if that makes it, again, we're trying to justify, oh, look at this, this is frivolous. No, it's not. If it makes you feel good, you go and do whatever you need to do to make you feel good because you are as important as that child that you are holding in your arms. And if you're happy, he's happy. Love it. Nobody told me. The 98FM Parenting Podcast. One of my favourite segments on this po- podcast is inappropriate things people say to you. Mm-hmm. And we, like we have so many comments that we can share, but we also want you to get involved. So we'd love you to send us a voice note um, on Instagram at 98FM Nobody Told Me and at lovetomtom underscore sent us this one that we can all relate to. I had many comments when I was pregnant about my physical appearance, mostly how much weight I had put on, how huge I was, but that people thought I was having twins. And when I would say that I wasn't, uh, the response was, are you sure? What is it about people thinking that it is okay to comment on somebody's body? The thing is, when you're pregnant, people are so excited and they're so happy, but it's really inappropriate. And obviously, your hormones are all over the shop. Some days you think it's gas and some days it's just not okay. Remember when I was pregnant, a girl I know um, said, oh my God, are you having triplets? Oh my God. Oh my God. I like, I, I'm still so angry with her. I'm like, you're- Did you say something back to her? I just laughed. Like, again, like, I remember saying this to you, I think, last week and the week before about the inappropriate things that people say to me is that I just say something funny. So my one this week yeah. is kind of weight-related as well. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go on. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. So, the other day, I go to a, fit, a postnatal fitness class called Empowered Mamas. And as I was leaving, this woman was coming in to collect someone or collect something. Like, she wasn't coming into the gym. For to use the gym, she was just coming to I don't know anyway, right? An yeah. older woman, right? A mammy, yeah. I'm like I'm a mammy, like a mammy, mammy, right? Yeah. And I had the baby in my arms, and she said, "Oh, your baby," and I said, "Yeah," and she goes, "And you've another one on the way." Sorry, that's me trying to pick my my mouth up from off the floor. My friend what Emma, who takes the class, was beside me, and Emma just looked at me, and of course, what I wanted to say was, "You stupid bitch." But what I actually said was, 
no, no, that's just leftovers. That's why I'm in the class. Why do we do that? Why do why? we? Because we don't want to make the other people feel bad. So, so she did. I think she did. She kind of backtracked. And she said, sorry, um, sorry, like how old's your baby? And I was like, he's, at the time he was 12 weeks, three months old. I was like, give me a fucking break. But she said, um, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought he was older. And I, and, I, and I was like, oh, don't worry about it. And I kind of laughed it off and left. Stupid bitch, right? But then what's kind of annoyed me more is that I've told people the story and people go, but you look great. I'm like, it doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter. We're not trying to make me feel that. better. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't matter what I look like. I feel great. I had a baby. I've always been kind of conscious of my tummy. This is the least conscious I've ever been of my tummy. It made him. I'm delighted. So I just, I think people sometimes judge how well you're doing on getting back to your body. And I mentioned Empowered Mamas that I go to. And my friend Emma takes class. She's just so incredible. Great postnatal PT and I was talking to her about this. I was like, you know, you don't expect your relationship to go back the way it was. You don't expect your social life to go back. Your career, chances are it doesn't go back exactly the way it did. All right. Why would you want your body to go back? It's never going to be the same again. It's going to be, you go on a new journey. Yeah. It might be a fitter, healthier journey than you were on before you had the baby, you know? And so I, I hope you don't mean when I say about careers, but like things change. Everything, everything changes, changes. Because there is a new person in your life. So everything, your career, I actually remember when I had my first ch- child, my career changed for the better. Yeah. It is the first time after having my first child, the first time I actually got my own radio show. Yeah. And everyone was like, you have a child, your career's going to go downhill. No. No. It is going to change. Everything, Everything is going changes. to change. This shite of like getting your body back. No, there's no bounce getting back. it back. It's, it's not bounce even back. Bounce back. Bounce back so, bollocks is what I call it, yeah, right? I agree. It's just like, so as annoyed as I was the woman for what she said, I was more annoyed then at people's reactions that the first thing, the first go-to is, but you look great. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's, that's not. No. That's not the point. No. Firstly, just don't comment on other people's bodies. But secondly, don't equate how a mum is feeling or doing after having a baby and how her body looks. Exactly, exactly. Because I'm not sweating about it. No. I'm doing the class because I enjoy it and I want to get back strong. I had back issues a few years ago. That's really my, my... my motivation for getting back strong and fit in the gym. It's not to lose weight. Do you know what? There's an, another episode there. We need to talk about the inappropriateness of commenting on a person's weight and what they're looking like, whether they're pregnant or not. People think they have ownership over a woman's body when she's pregnant and after she has a child. Now, the only person who owns that body is not even that child. It is that woman. <sighs> Do you feel like you got a lot off your chest this I week, feel Serena? So much better today. <laughs> hope you're we all okay. Are really enjoying this so far, and I hope people are as well. So we'd love you to get in touch with us. Yeah. So you can email us at nobody told me at ninety eight fm dot com. Get us on Instagram at ninety eight fm nobody told me or on Twitter at ninety eight nobody told me. Um, and if you're listening to this on iTunes, we'd love for you to subscribe and rate the podcast. If you do subscribe, you'll know when the next episode lands. We can't wait to be back with more. And please don't hesitate to kind of give us ammo and give us ideas because we're kind of yep. shooting the breeze talking about the things that are on going on in our lives and the things that are affecting us. Mums and dads, we'd love to hear different topic suggestions from you. Exactly, because we feel so much better after one of these <laughs> sessions and we hope you feel the same after hearing our version of our truth. Remember, this isn't doesn't have to be your truth and if it's not your truth, that's okay. We just want to get as many different truths out there as possible. We're having so much fun. Thanks, Emil, for listening. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. The sound of the city. Nobody told me. The 98FM Parenting Podcast.